Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job so that you can find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology takes over. It officially matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Back here on the First Cut Podcast, big week ahead. We told you we were going to be bringing you a little bit of an adjusted schedule, and that's because we want to give you the best open championship, British open coverage that we possibly can here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. So, Kyle, we sit here uh, moments after a thrilling conclusion to the fifth major. Bryson DeChambeau climbs over Patrick Rogers with an incredible final putt, uh, a 30 on the back nine. Um, there's there's a lot to take in here as we sit in the immediate aftermath um, in, for Bryson DeChambeau, which, by the way, will also include a plane flight to Royal Burkdale and a spot in those open championships. Um, man, can we start with BDC right there with the artist? We've got we've got Michelangelo's first painting. You know, we've got we've got Homer's first first writing, the first work of Homer, and now we've got uh, we've got Bryson DeChambeau's first masterpiece as a professional. Uh, what what a bag nine! I mean, you know, it, it, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but he, he DeChambeau is so polarizing and so he's such a lightning rod for takes. He's just like a he's like a just take machine like he just provides takes for the whole golf world but you can't argue with the 30 on the bat nine that was so impressive and the putts that he made he had the shot he hit on 17 and then the putts that he made on 17 and 18 were i mean it's big boy stuff especially the one on 18 and i feel bad for rogers especially the way it ended but Really impressive from from DeChambeau to get his first win in, in just his 40th start. Yeah, on uh, 17, the par 5, 270 yards away, like like off live from almost near the cart path. He sticks it on the green, rolls his eagle putt close enough to then get birdie right there. Uh, the birdie putt that he had on 18 after, after a really, really strong approach shot just like looked like it was going to hang right and then lips in and like all of this was going down. And one of the things that I love about um, you know, taking in a Sunday as a, as a casual golf fan is just when you get to see those huge swings and it's like right as, um, as these birdies are rolling in, you've got Rogers can't find the fairway off the tee, things starting to fall apart. It was, uh, it, it was, dr- it was drama in the John Deere classic in a way that I was not expecting at all. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, we know he loves data. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the data here. You just mentioned it. <laughs> First, first PGA Tour win in just 40 PGA Tour starts. His best so far, he had a T2 at Puerto Rico, a T4 at the RB, RBC Heritage last year. Uh, he was 14th at the Greenbrier, 17th at the Quicken Loans. But for the most part, man, his results, uh, a lot of missed cuts. So, like, before we get into the fun of the takes, like, what is your, like, Kyle Porter, What are where do you sit right now? Because, like, we love... The drama of it, we love the th- like. Golf Twitter was just popping off all day yeah. as as Bryson started to make his run. But like, just just from a golf perspective, uh, where do you have him? Cat, like, where do you sort of grade him out so far? With I guess just two years of professional results so far. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think the problem for him, and, and this happens with a lot of guys who are successful in college, is that you think, and, and they probably think, that you just come out onto the PGA Tour and you keep winning or you keep contending. And it's it's hard, man. It is so hard to win tournaments. It's it's hard to contend. And, and so I think that, I think DeChambeau's path is kind of the more traditional path for a, a star in college, is that you get out there, you turn pro, he, he, he had a lot of um, noise around him coming in. Some of it was because he won the U.S. Amateur and the NCAA. Some of it was because he talked about comparing himself sort of to Einstein and George Washington. So a, lot of, a, a little bit of it was <laughs> he brings some. Of, uh, yeah, he brings some of this on himself. I mean, and, and let, he, he, rocks, uh, he rocks the hat. Um, you know, he talk, he broadcasts and welcomes the storylines about his, uh, you know, his different, all the clubs are the same length, right? Yeah. All the clubs are the same length. He talks about, you know, static load and his, it's just, just absurd things that he knows nobody understands. And yet he talks about them anyway. But I, I guess my point in all of this is like, He's a non-traditional guy who took a pretty traditional route to winning on the PGA Tour for a college star, which is what he was. The the, the guys that are one-offs, the John Roms and and Jordan Spieth of the world, that that's not normal. Like it's not normal to go out in your first year like John Rom and put up nine top tens and win twelve. You know whatever all, all the all the numbers that he's put up. What DeChambeau did and what guys like uh, maybe Kyle Stanley have done over the course of their career. That that's more of the traditional. Route now, it, it it all depends on what you think about how DeChambeau's uh, career is going to play out, right? Like, do you do you think he's uh, has the talent of a of a superstar? Maybe I don't know. I I just think he's sort of a guy that's that was a really good college golfer that's going to have a per, you know moderately good to good professional career. And it was the uh, the can we can we say it's fair that the golfing public sort of took to him at the last year's Masters. He finishes in the top 25 at T21. And was he amateur then? Or was he just uh, just the hottest storyline at that point? No, he, he, he was an amateur. And, and so what happened was he turned pro like the second after his putt on 18 fell on Sunday. And then he finishes T4 at the, at the Heritage the next week. And so you get this low am at the masters combined with the T4 at the heritage and you're like, Hell, next speed. Like this is happening. And then it didn't happen. And he played on the web.com some last year. And and so he, he, he's not bouncing around, but he's just taken a, 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 a probably a longer path to winning than he thought. You know, what's interesting, chip, uh, Jordan Spieth and, and Bryson DeChambeau three months apart in age. Yeah. So both 23, right? We, we think, yeah, we think about, DeChambeau being this young, like up and count. Well, Jordan Spieth's got nine wins on him in two majors, <laughs> and and they're the same age. So, uh, just kind of a, a little bit of a reality check for uh, for Mister Artiste there. Over under career wins, I've got it at four point five. Well, that's a good number. I like that number a lot. Um, I I think that he, I think he he genuinely cares about being great. I think sometimes he might care too much about it, um, <laughs> right. but but that matters as a pro. I mean, it really does. It's so easy to oh, particularly when we're projecting out for what we assume will be a dec you know decades upon decades of professional yeah. play ahead of him. I'd go over with not a ton of confidence. 
confidence. Um, I think it's it's so easy to get these guys that are like that kind of pop as brands and as names to 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 kind of project things upon them. And the reality is like he's not been great at golf over the yeah. last year and a half. He's he's been all right, but he's not been like spectacular. So. I don't know. He's got a lot of stuff he's going to have to improve on. I, I, I'm concerned about the myriad of putting techniques that he uses. Um, it's, you know, he, he's he's kind of all over the place with that. But, again, awesome week at the John Deere. Cool to see him get his first win. And no matter where you land on him, it, it's, it's like um, – uh, it's like AJ Przinsky, right? Like, he, he, no matter you, you might love him or hate him, but you, it's kind of undeniable that he's good for the sport because you, he, he gets people talking about it. Bryson gets people talking about golf, whether they, whether you love him or hate him. So I, I love that part of it, and and I think he's a uh, I think he's a really fun, compelling uh, figure in the game. Yeah, I hope that he is around for me to be able to talk about him. But he also has 15 missed cuts in 24 events this season um and including a streak of eight straight missed cuts between the shell houston open and the travelers but you know he's, he's played some pretty good golf here in the last couple of weeks uh, a couple of top 25s before this first pga tour win and we got another it was cool we got another uh we got another teary first time winner in the in the post round press in the post round interview on CBS you know he seemed genuinely excited it did yeah. come with uh, a little bit of him doubling down on that narrative that he's out there to prove everybody wrong that there's more than one way to play the game of golf which brings me to the polarizing takes like where <laughs> some people are already sick of him right yeah i think there's just some eye rolling from people within golf of like, that's do whatever you want. Like, you know, that's fine. You don't need to like make it, you, you don't have to proselytize it, you know? Right. Like you don't have to, you don't have to like get up at the, at the days at the, at the, uh, at the masters and talk about how like you're shaping the game and change, you know, whatever. Um, but again, like it makes for compelling stuff, honestly. And, and as somebody who is a, writer and who covers this stuff i'd rather have you know a hundred bryson dechambeau's than than uh or i'd rather have one bryson dechambeau than a hundred patrick rogers that's that's no slight like i like watching patrick rogers play golf but he's not a he's not as compelling a figure to write about to think about to talk about as as bryson dechambeau is my eye roll comes from the fact that golf already as a game is one that can be played a hundred different ways i mean they're like just in the different ways that you can hit a golf ball and the different ways that you can approach a shot i mean we've talked uh in some of our in some of our conversations on this podcast about uh, looking at a course and really liking courses where you're going to have to play different angles and play different types of shots. Like what that was, uh, I believe one of your great observations about uh, Aaron Hills was that you just sort of had uh, lots of different ways to do it. So I, I think that if like, you know, if you're truly innovative in another sport uh, that maybe is a little bit more bland than I, I think I'm going to get into it. And look, the club links and getting into the physics of everything, that's great. But like, I, I tend to think, you just mentioned Jordan Spieth. I tend to think that Jordan Spieth can be a little bit uh, as much of a mad scientist as BDC. Though I have never, with, as you like to say, the slappy way that Jordan Spieth plays, I have <laughs> never, ever considered uh, him an artist. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's all about how guys 
present themselves. You know, there's a great quote from, uh, so, uh, Brennan Porath, friend of the, of the podcast tweeted this out and it was, I, I don't know when this was from, but it was Deschambeau talking about a putt and he said it was 27 feet, but it was on a 5% slope. I counted it for about 108 inches. I had to hit it based on my angle of friction, about eight feet. And it's like, just, just hit the damn putt. Like no, <laughs> yeah. nobody, no, nobody cares. Yeah. Like no, nobody cares about any of that crap. Um, but that's his thing. And you know, whatever, if, if having that persona and, and, and this is another thing, like guys sort of take on these personas that they present themselves as publicly. I'm not saying he's putting on a front, but if that's the persona that he needs to take on to be successful as a professional, then so be it. And I think it's great. Uh, other people are going to get frustrated or think it's stupid or whatever, but, I think it, you know, I don't know. It's It creates certainly a lot of content for the rest of us. Ah, love the good content. Uh, elsewhere, hashtag, hashtag content. Uh, Patrick Rogers, as we just mentioned, uh, some struggles down the stretch. Wesley Bryan, T3. Uh, Zach Johnson in the Zach Johnson Open. Started 65-67, finishes 70-67 uh, at T5. Daniel Berger was up in there. Uh, any other big takeaways from uh, the John Deere that stood out to you? Yeah, it was just it was a reminder, you know, uh, Rafael Cabrera Bello wins the the Scottish Open. Uh, you've got those guys that you mentioned. It it was a reminder of how absurd the qualifying for the the Ryder Cup is going to be next year. And we talk it feels like we talk about this every week, but uh, Berger, Patrick Patrick Rogers is a stud. I mean, his college people might not know him, but his his pedigree is uh, every bit as good, if not probably better than than DeChambeau's. He won 11 times at Stanford, tied Tiger for the all-time record there. Uh, Maverick McNeely later tied both of them, but um, you just got so many young guys every week contending, and um, you know I, I know it was a painful way for Rogers to lose, but um, he should take away nothing but but good stuff from this week. He hit it. Uh, he he didn't hit it great. He putted really really well, but um, I don't know. I, I just think that he's. He's a potential star, just like DeChambeau, and Berger obviously has won a couple times. So I, I just think next year's Ryder Cup qualifying is going to be just completely insane as these guys kind of mature into that 25-ish year old uh, stage of their career, and they're contending against guys like Kucher and Snedeker and um, you, you know other guys of that age that are that are kind of getting older. It's going to be really tough to uh, to find a spot on the Ryder Cup, and it's also sometimes very tough to find the right fit for your personal business. It's exactly the same. You need to have the perfect team in order to get out and win, and with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology takes over. It efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. See, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on captain's choices. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. In fact, it finds them. With over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter getting a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. So no more juggling emails, no more looking over your voicemails, and no more having to get back to everyone. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. 
You just mentioned uh, Rafa Cabrera, Rafa <clears throat> Bello. Excuse me. <laughs> All right, Scottish Open. We did have Matt Kuchar. We had Ricky Fowler. We had uh, the playoff that Bello went on to win. Um, did you? What were you, some of your big takeaways? Because I'll tell you, I turned, I tuned in uh, for the beginning when we had it was Dote, right? Andrew Dote. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Dote on like the first hole had an incredible approach shot, and he looked, and I think he rolled it in for birdie, birdied the first, and then kept it going. Uh, I tuned out for a little bit, and then all of a sudden I come back, and he's a couple strokes back, and Bello gets it done with a killer putt in the playoff. Uh, big Scottish Open takes. What'd you see? Yeah, just an incredible 64 from him uh, on Sunday. You know, out of, out of the big names, other than uh, Rory, obviously missing another cut. You know, I saw what I wanted to see out of out of Ricky, um, out of uh, even um, Ian Poulter played really well. I don't, I didn't see where he ended up, but uh, I know that until Sunday he was. Uh, do we know where he ended up? Yeah, Poulter uh, finished uh, T nine. Yeah, he shot a shot seventy four on Sunday, but. You just you had some big names on there. Patrick Harrington is going to Burkdale as the defending um, champion there. He, he won the last Open that was played at Burkdale, and he finishes uh, T four along with Kuchar. So, I saw you know the 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 Scottish Open people can get sort of carried away with oh this guy won on Lynx Golf he's going to win the you know like we did with maybe Alex Noren last year. The, the reality of all of this is it's really hard to win any golf tournament two weeks in a row, and so. You, it, I don't feel like winning the week before a major kind of projects onto the next week, even if it's on Lynx Golf. But um, like I said, I saw what I wanted out of Ricky, out of out of Kuchar, uh, out of Harrington, out of Poulter. That makes me believe that all of those guys will, um, you know, at least have a, a little bit of success next week. And you know, frankly, I I, I haven't wavered from the fact that I'm going to pick Fowler to win the tournament. And uh, you know, no, nothing he did at uh, Dundonald made me think that he wasn't going to play well next week at Burkdale. You've got uh, Henrik Stenson uh, shot 68 today, bounced back from a, a rough 75 on Saturday. He finished just outside the top 25, but seemed pretty confident in his post-round press conference. Adam Scott also making the cut. Uh, we're, where, where's our Rory, where is our Rory worry meter right now after a missed cut? Yeah, it's not it, it, it's higher than it was last week, you know, yeah. after you missed the Irish open cut. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make out of all of it. I, I watched him for a while on, uh, I guess it was Friday. He played the late and started out good, shot like a 32 or 33 on the front. And this kind of faded late. Um, you know, I, I, I was never going to pick him and, and don't think he is the pick, uh, to win the open next week. He, I think his concern now is um is quail hollow is are are you ready and, and not that he's like skipping out on birdale like of course he wants to play well there but you know he said uh in an interview i believe it was with todd lewis on golf channel like he's not going to hit a driver at birdale until the 13th hole that just neutralizes what he does best so much that i i don't know if that's the best kind of setup for him to win a major championship now Quail Hollow is the best kind of setup because he's won there uh, a couple of times, holds the course record, obviously. He's going to be the favorite there going in. 
He's got to be. He's got to make sure he's ready for that. That he's got whatever reps uh, he needs uh, to to be ready to to play well there. Because that that if he if he doesn't play well there, like let's say he misses the cut there, that's a I don't want to say a wasted year, but that's a big miss for him because yeah. that's a real opportunity for him to get major number five that he's going to look back on just just like he did when he missed the open at St Andrews and be disappointed about because you don't you don't get that many opportunities at courses you play really well at to win majors there when you've got the when you've got like the immediate turnaround uh do you factor in at all for example daniel berger is going to get on a plane as well bryson dechambeau is not the uh not the only one who's got to make that quick turnaround zach johnson i mean there's what probably 20 players from the john deere field that are all going to be doing that i think there's 19 including dechambeau um what's do you factor that in at all when you're trying to put together your fantasy golf teams or your your expert predictions or going into your sleepers like is there it do you is there anything that you as somebody who has to make some expert picks later this week and i probably will find out that i have to as well uh but like (laughs) as as we are making our expert picks later this week um is that something that you take into consideration no, not not really. I mean, you know, you always hear this this phrase like beware of the injured golfer. I'm kind of wary of like the uh, the road weary golfer. Like it, it's almost like you're so tired and just kind of you know just kind of out of it that you're sometimes you're just not even thinking about it and you just go out and just play out of your mind. You know, like sometimes Ooh. that works to your advantage. And so yeah. my my point there is like y- y- you can't. I don't think you can like say definitively like one way or the other what it does we saw jordan spieth do that uh i think didn't he play john deere 2015 because that was kind of controversial and then he goes out at st andrews and and almost wins it you know he's in it until the 71st or in really until the 72nd hole and there were takes about how well if he wouldn't have played the john deere he would have won it's like come on like that's that's absurd like that's an absurd take so (laughs) uh, all that to say i I don't i don't think i don't factor it in really one way or the other i've got a uh i've got i've got one so we got a lot of sleepers that we're going to throw out here but just as a response to the scottish open i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this one out there i don't think he's gonna have odds good enough for me to actually pick him as the sleeper but how about after firing a 68 I like Brandon Grace to go make some noise at Royal Burkdale, at least at least for the first two rounds. Yeah, I like that. I don't know his record there. I can't remember. Um, I'll, I'll, I haven't done my deep dive on sleepers yet, but um, he's he's made it pretty clear that he's a pretty good uh, major championship golfer. Like we've seen him at U.S. Opens in the past play really well. Yeah, he's always in late groups or like or yeah. he's, he's always going to be on the first page of the leaderboard at some point. Like I don't feel very confident that Brendan Grace is going to win the Open, uh, but I feel very I feel pretty good after watching him close and have one of the lower rounds on the day at the Scottish Open. I was like, ooh, that, that might be a guy that I've got my eye on uh, for my own personal like fantasy golf exploits going into uh, the major championship week do you feel good that he's never had a top 15 at an open championship mm, less good feeling <laughs> less good he, he was uh top five two of the last three years at the u.s open top five two of the la- the last two years at the pga championship and no top 15s at the open championship come so. on low ball flight though he, he yeah. knocks it around there he should He's due. I know it's, it's weird. It, I, I, I do. I, I do think that's a little bit weird. Um, yeah, there's there's so many guys. Like it's you know I'm I'm looking at the odds right now. Like uh, 
Terrell Hatton and uh, Chris Wood and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Mark Leishman has played well at opens. All these guys have have really long odds, and yet, you know, any one of them could could win the golf tournament. Um, Peter Uline could play great. Go uh, Pokes. Yeah, Go Pokes. Bill Haas, Jason Duffner. All these all these guys playing. You know, Jason Duffner played. I think he made the cut of the Scottish Open, played pretty well. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know. I love majors. I love getting up at three in the morning to watch golf. I'm, I'm fired up about Burtdale. We got, uh, as, as Kyle just mentioned, we will be rolling out our full expert picks, our course breakdowns, and all the advice you need. Uh, we'll be recording that here in just a couple of days. So make sure that if you are, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud right now, the spot to be for the best British Open Open Championships coverage is going to be as a subscriber because that is going to be how you are going to get the episodes first. So make sure you get over to iTunes and you subscribe to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. Uh, We are going to be doing a midweek episode to preview. And then on Friday, uh, as soon as play wraps up and we've got our field for the weekend, we are going to circle back and we're going to review what we saw, preview and make some adjusted predictions for the weekend ahead. Uh, Yeah, man, I'm fired up. This is going to be a good week. Yeah, let's do it. Get your uh, get your popcorn and start going to bed at like 6 p.m. Yeah, we're going to bed when Kyle's kids are. Everybody's with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Talk soon. See you, Chip.